Now, quantifying the value of digital assets continues to be an industry debate as financial markets strive to uncover the full potential of blockchain-powered asset tokenization. Accessibility and product classifications are just some of the barriers of entry faced by investors and coupled by unanimous calls for greater transparency as well as accountability. So to tackle all of these challenges, find out exactly how these innovators are cracking the code to asset tokenization and of course explore new avenues for liquidity amidst the squeeze. Now, today we have some very distinguished speakers who will be taking the stage for just a bit. First of all, we have our moderator from Bazinga, Bibu, our crypto writer. And joining him from Blockcast, we have Jenny Zheng, co-founder, BitMarkets, Peter Suma, COO, and InvestorX, Julian Kwan, founder and CEO. Can we please give them a big round of applause, everybody? Good afternoon, everyone. So I'm back uh, with a new session uh, with a new uh, uh, panelist, and uh, we are talking about asset tokenization. So uh, there are a lot of companies which I have seen outside uh, who are dealing with asset tokenization. One of the company which is very popular over here. So the way they are uh, doing the marketing is like this is the future. You know, everybody is talking about how you can uh, tokenize a complete asset and how you can <clears throat> benefit from it. So. We have seen uh, the digitization of uh, NFTs, art, uh, you talk about movies. So money is also there, which, which has also been tokenized. And what we are uh, seeing is it has immense potential uh, as we move on. And uh, uh, the global market is also increasing. So there is a figure which I was reading across. It's like the market is expected to grow from 2.3 billion uh, in 2021, and it is expected to go to 5.6 billion by 2025. So the potential, as you see, you, you talk about any product, everybody is moving about how we can tokenize these asserts and make uh, uh, you know, proper uh, channelization of it. So my first question would be, like, you know, asset tokenization, everybody is talking and every corner they are uh, building a map and around it. So where do you see, like, do you, do, you, do you really think that tokenization is the future of most transactions and how we can leverage it uh, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, business, uh, making it business oriented? Yeah. Uh, um, hello, I'm Jenny from Blockcast, and Blockcast is a news source that focusing on the blockchain and crypto news. And for the tokenization part, I think definitely it's a trend. But first of all, I think maybe 99% of the companies don't need tokenization. So before you step in, you need to you need to see you need to know that whether you really need it. Uh, I still remember back into back in uh, 2017 uh, when blockchain was the huge trend. Yeah. Uh, every company want to you know announce that they are adding blockchain, which that they don't even need. Like some like instant noodle company uh, suddenly announced that they are adding on blockchain and. Uh, Stock market just show a very, very positive re uh, response, but uh, we all know that they don't need it. So for tokenization, I think for the financial section, uh, yeah, it will be really helpful because for the nature of blockchain, uh, we can see that it helps to solve a lot of problems, especially the trust issue and uh, and you know to keeping every link on the same page. So I think for the finance sector. Uh, they will adopt tokenization first, and then 
maybe the gaming industry because like all the game assets and all the gamers they are like uh, they are really fast in you know stepping into Web three and all the game assets are like naturally NFT. So for them, maybe they are the next round. And after that, uh, we can see now like somebody is bringing up the real world assets, uh, the A, um, the R A W. And that may be the next chain, but uh, definitely not everything need to be on chain. <laughs> not everything need to be tokenized. So yeah, people need to think about it, like whether I need it, and then make the correct uh, decision. Julian, uh, do you agree with it? I mean, what do you think? Like every assets, what we're going to see, it's going to be tokenized in future. Yeah, I think. Uh, hi everyone, um, thanks for having me today. Um, I run Investor X, which is a licensed asset tokenization platform in Singapore to issue and trade any asset-backed token. Uh, we also built AXWAP, which is the first automated market maker. It allows anyone that owns a, an asset-backed token to start a liquidity pool. Um, how we think about it is that um, when people are talking about real-world asset tokens, RWA or security tokens, STOs is what they used to be called. I'll use STO today because it's much easier. Um, if you think about real estate, private equity, ventures, companies, anything that has more than one shareholder is typically has a, an investment vehicle set up uh, as the ownership structure. So when we think about tokenizing all real assets, we'll think that all companies, fund structures will all be digitized, will all be tokenized. That'll happen at the moment. It's happening with private companies, but governments, jurisdictions like Delaware, Switzerland, Germany uh, are also moving the issuance of new companies to tokenized format on distributed ledgers. It's pretty um, simple. Uh, why would you as a country or a government want to manage 100,000 paper companies when you could do it all digitally? So um, separate to cryptocurrency, um, you know, the, the size or the uh, total addressable market for tokenization is, is all the private markets plus, I guess, part of the public markets. All the real estate private equity, venture capital, startups, um, anything that's not in the public markets, although publicly traded assets are being tokenized as well. And if you look at the market right now, you have the biggest companies in the world like BlackRock, JP Morgan, Credit Suisse. They've built asset tokenization engines for themselves, but they already have the investor base in the assets. So that doesn't help everybody else. Um, so what we've actually done is brought a model to market, which anyone wants to tokenize an asset, they can use our licenses and our technology and it's just a low kind of um, SaaS model subscription fee. Um, but yeah, we're, we're big proponents. We think right now we're talking about asset tokenization. A couple of years we'll just be talking about assets again because all the assets will be digitized. So your products are uh, license based as you mentioned. Okay. Peter, uh, what do you think? Like the future of tokenization, like you see the entire financial institutions is going to be uh, tokenized and uh, specifically if I talk about real, real estate sector. So uh, your thought on that? Uh, yeah, hi, I'm Peter. Uh, speaking for Bitmark is the crypto exchange. Uh, we are flourishing and supporting the asset tokenization in the world and also with the, uh, trying to get in touch with the companies that are already doing it. Uh, I think that the tokenization itself is something that is unavoidable and uh, it's a must uh, when it comes to the blockchain development within the crypto space. So uh, I see it very positive in the future and mainly for the real estate as real estate can be considered as a really illiquid uh, industry. Uh, tokenization can make real estate very liquid industry 
in terms of uh, trading fractional shares of, uh, of, of the real estate units, for example. So uh, it will provide investor, investors with more liquidity, uh, with more market uh, access, and uh, make it easier for them to trade uh, their shares uh, in, the, in the real estate, make it more uh, sellable you know, or buyable. And it will also spread the risks associated with the investment itself to more, more people, which will make it more um, you know, trustworthy and uh, creditworthy for more people. So, um, if I may ask you, if, I, if we go back, uh, let's say, two to three years down the line, do you see uh, it has grown uh, uh, tremendously over the last couple of years? And w what is the growth you have seen, uh, Julian? Yeah, so the very beginning of um, the tokenization of real-world assets began in 2018. Yeah. And the very first STOs were failed ICOs that were very poor quality. Um, they were either being issued, they couldn't sell an ICO, so they said, let's call it an STO. Uh, that didn't work, uh, as well as the SEC calling a lot of ICOs security tokens as well. So then in 2018, you started to get this first definition of what this is, and then the first infrastructure that was available, if you want to tokenize an asset, was just using token issuance companies, which just technology companies. So they were the very first. They provided uh, some value, but they missed all of the other value parts of yeah. the chain. You need broker-dealer licenses to issue security tokens to trade them. You need custodians who can have a license to custody securities with the tech and exchanges. So along came 2020, you finally had the first security token exchanges coming out. Okay. And then, so in the last, the industry is only four years old and, and the infrastructure now is here. So you're now starting to see an ex a, a very different type of assets being issued by very different quality of issuers. So, you know, if you do some research, you'll find every major bank has issued their security tokens now in some form. Uh, and now you have, you know, high quality private equity, real estate listed groups. Everyone, if you think about it at a very high level, a digital share is better than a paper share. Yeah. Uh, so now that you actually have licensed venues and infrastructure around the world, everyone's coming on board and no one's the first anymore. So no one wants to be the first, everyone wants to be second. So mm. I think it's, it's a, just a very different landscape. It takes years to get licenses. They're now here and now the industry is starting to grow. It's, it's 20 this year is probably the most bullish for the asset class. Yeah, Jenny, uh, have you seen uh, it has evolved uh, for the last couple of years? Uh, the actually, asset tokenization, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I also work as the BD manager of a crypto exchange called Bybit. So I review like hundreds of projects every month. So I can see like back in 2018, Thank there's you. a trend of like people want to like do the security token and there comes the regulation issue and then it suddenly cooled down. Because, uh, you know, the nature of crypto, you need imagination. You need to give people a dream mm. so the price can go up. But if it's backed up by a, like a real-world asset, then the price is already there. You fraction it, and then people can make the calculation and, and see the price. price. So it's, uh, it's a real usage, real utility. For the long term, it's a really good thing for our society, for, our, uh, for the technology, for everybody. So it will be really helpful, but for a short term, uh, like for the time like now, like people only want to speculate the token. Yeah. So I can see after 2018, like people, uh, you know, has a lot of like uh, uh, care and attention on that. But now it's kind of slowly, you know, 
you know, people forget about it because Bitcoin store up and all the out token, you know, goes like... So the volatility of the market, yeah. Yeah, so when the market goes to a, like, now it's still not that regulated and still, like, very wild. Mm -hmm. When it goes to a stable and more steady stage, I think, uh, I think the security token will definitely shine because it's useful. It's not for speculation. There's something back it up. So uh, I can see uh, it's still at like very baby, baby stage. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the standardization of the asset tokenization. Like how crucial do you see uh, the standardization is required for the future of asset tokenization? How crucial the standardization is would be, Julian, yeah? You said standards? Standardization. Oh. At the end of the day, investors buying security asset-backed tokens should be focused on the quality of the asset. Yeah. Um, I think the super majority of STOs will trade on venues, just like you buy crypto predominantly on venues like cryptocurrency exchanges, the or you buy stocks on interactive brokers. Most people have no idea they don't actually own their Apple stock, but it's there, it's trusted, it's registered, there's a hotline, I just want to buy, I just want to sell, or I want to lend and borrow on the platform. So I think uh, ultimately, you know, the, the standardization uh, will get sort of sorted out. Um, people don't care about protocols. Uh, people don't care about, um, you know, token standards. They just want to know that, you know, they're getting a share of a real estate fund or not, and they can buy it and sell it in a, in a trusted environment. And I think over time, you know, blockchain wars will continue. And probably um, most platforms that are issuing security tokens will work out ways to either be cross-chain or whatever's needed. Um, but that, that's how we see the world. Yeah. Peter, uh, do, what sort of standardization you see it is required uh, to regulate the asset tokenization? Yeah, uh, I think that uh, probably now it's the best time to focus on the blockchain development itself and how to increase the transaction volume and the tokenized assets. Uh, because if you compare the volume uh, being traded on the tokenized assets... Uh, and the assets that are tokenized in the traditional finance, it's still not comparable, right? Because it's centralized finance, it's, 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 it's in trillions of dollars. So uh, basically, to increase this volume, you know, in the tokenized assets trading, there is a requirement for the blockchain and for the, for the network to be more robust, to uh, accept and transact more uh, transactions at the same time. Now it's quite hard for some of the networks to, you know, be able to process multiple transactions. That's why um, that's one of the main reasons why the volume in the tokenized assets trading is still like uh, low. And uh, with the future developments in the blockchain technologies, I think there is a very high potential for the tokenized assets to even like overcome the trading in, uh, uh, that is now in the centralized finance. Yeah, Jenny, uh, you think standardization and the regulation is required? Uh, I think for the real stuff, you tokenize it, it's kind of difficult. There are regulations, there are like, a, you need a trusted party there, like there's a lot of stuff there. But if you tokenize a digital stuff, digital asset, it will be really quick. Hmm. So I'll say like uh, the tokenization of like all the game assets, like uh, I think I see it is already on the way because NFT is called non-fungible token. The nature is also a token. We can see like everything in the metaverse is a token. So, and this imagination is so much bigger. 
and it, I can see it happening sooner than the the real uh, the real world stuff. Mm. Uh, I'm not like a specialist for the the security. Yeah, token. Yeah. yeah, but for the NFT, I really think there's a huge imagination because uh, we can see like everybody's talking about like uh, NFT AI plus Web three, right? So like uh, this morning, I think iPhone just uh, just launched this. Uh, eyewear, yeah. Uh, yeah, which you can use in Happy metaverse. Yeah. yeah, actually, the, in the metaverse, everything, every asset, every object is an NFT. That is already a token, and you can trade on it. So the tokenization of like uh, you can you can get into the game metaverse, and then everything can be trade. So that tokenization, I can see it coming faster. Uh, you know, after I wake up and see the amazing eyewear from iPhone. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about the technical infrastructure. So uh, with the existing uh, technical infrastructure, so how do you think it can handle large-scale uh, uh, tokenization of assets, asset tokenization, if, uh, uh, in order uh, to tokenize large-scale volume? So what sort of uh, 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 technological infrastructure we are seeing, Peter, uh, would you like to hear? Yeah, so basically, as I was saying uh, in my previous, uh, previous response, there is a requirement for the blockchain network to be more developed in terms of being able to process more transactions because otherwise it will be too uh, costly for the investors and for the traders to trade the tokenized assets if the network will be congested and you know you get the high fees. So uh, that's the first point that the blockchain needs to be more developed in terms of the transaction volume. And um, when it comes to some other points, um, to other technicalities, Maybe Julian will have more to say yeah, about Julian, it yeah. as this is really yeah, works in the his company and uh, he company, has been in right? this industry for a long time. Yeah. Uh, well, there's different layers of infrastructure. So if you're talking about a security token broker dealer or a security token exchange or custodian, um, all these uh, participants are meant to be licensed. So they're meant to be licensed somewhere. Uh, a lot of people in the space have gone and got licenses because they've built their own private blockchain. Um, it's easier for regulators to understand. You could mm. delete it. It is mutable, you know, et cetera, et cetera. The opposite of what a lot of the public blockchains try to deliver. Uh, we don't see the value in that because none of the digital assets are issued on private chains. No one cares about private chains except the person who owns it. So if you think about the world of digital assets, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, stable coins, um, NFTs, DAOs, now security tokens, um, they should probably all go on the same architecture being the same public blockchains. Um, now, I think over time, um, any particular blockchains being used, Ethereum has been the dominant um, protocol for asset-backed tokens, uh, even though the fees were high. Um, and now there's been developments there with Layer 2s and Polygon and, and other, other ways to use those protocols with much lower fees. I think the focus on fees for trading for asset-backed tokens has been wildly out of um, proportion to, the, to what people really care about. Um, a dollar or two dollars or five or ten dollars for a trade on ten, twenty, hundred, two hundred thousand dollars of assets is, is nothing, right? It costs you thirty dollars to send a bank transfer. So I think over time, if you think about it, the promise of security tokens is you could take a real estate um, asset, you could tokenize it, you could launch it globally. Yeah. If you think about the world before blockchain, if you want to launch something on an exchange as an asset, you have to be in America or on NASDAQ yeah. or you have to be in Singapore on SGX and that's it, right? 
Um, so now, myself, our platforms and other platforms around the world who have licenses and public architecture as public protocols can now actually facilitate, which is just in the infancy, an actual issue of an STO in multiple jurisdictions around the world at the same time. Hmm. Facilitating necessary KYC AML because the person who issues the security token needs to know who owns their asset at all times, unlike cryptocurrency. Um, so yeah, I think ultimately the nature of the dollar and making money um, drives people to try to work out the interoperability issues. And there's more platforms like us out there thinking, go to public architecture, connect to the rest of the world versus go private chain and do your own thing that no one cares about and that's not even connected to the rest of the digital assets or any DeFi or any of the power and innovations that come with you know, public blockchain um, assets. So you, your company is dealing with a lot of uh, uh, top-notch uh, companies, what you want to mention. So uh, do you see the technical advancement has happened or w what is the future of that? Yeah, so as an example, we've looked at maybe two or 3,000 STOs over the years. We've worked on about six. Mm. Most of the first ones were just basically garbage. Um, now we work with UBS, we work with Julius Barr Investment Bank, uh, pr private, you know, listed real estate companies, yeah. private equity. Um, because they feel comfortable, they could issue a security token yeah. and there's, there's a system to it, right? They need to have regulated entities around it. Um, so yeah, I think ultimately the, the size and the scope and the quality of the assets coming now in 2023 is infinitely better than before and next year it'll be exponentially growing from here on out. All right. So how, how would you quantify uh, the value of the digital assets, you know, in terms of liquidity, in terms of your organization? Uh, Peter, uh, uh, how, would, how would you... Uh, well, in it? terms of the quantification um, and the growth of the tokenized assets, I think that uh, it will gain, um, you know, a lot more exposure to the market overall uh, in terms of billions of dollars traded. And uh, sooner or later, we'll overcome the traded volume on the stock exchanges, right? So in the future, we don't really, you may not even have the stock exchanges in the, uh, anymore. And um, each stock or bonds will be traded, tokenized, and will be traded on the blockchain. So uh, I see a huge movement in this. And uh, I don't think this could be quantified, you know? I mean, you can see the numbers now uh, traded on the, mo on the major stock exchanges and consider them as the numbers that will be uh, present and defeat in the upcoming years in the tokenized assets. Yeah, Jenny, how would, how would you quantify uh, the value of the digital assets? Uh, how do you quantify the value, the value of digital assets in terms of quantification? What is your view on that? Quantification? Uh, I think for the, um, for the real world assets like real estate and uh, the stock uh, market, uh, those stuff, uh, you know, the it's now the the problem is not on the blockchain side. It's not on the tokenization side. It's on the law and regulation side. Uh -huh. So uh, that part uh, for uh, the current infrastructure can totally cover it, uh, because you know those uh, like uh, real estate, those uh, it doesn't you know trade you know, multiple times every day. So uh, for those part, I think it's totally ready. Just uh, we are waiting for the law and uh, like regulation to make it clear. Like, so. Yeah, but uh, yeah, for the digital part, uh, like the NFT and uh, tokenization of a digital asset, uh, and that is 
we are still we still have a long way to go. Uh, the infrastructure is is there, but not quite there. We can see a lot of GameFi. They are on chain, but they are not like completely on chain. Only the transaction happening on chain, but like all the uh, play part is still like off chain. So we uh, still uh, like there's a long way to go. So any time getting to the industry is still very early. Yeah, Julian, you want to add on it? Yeah, I think um, if you think about tokenizing real world assets, and then you think about you know, so One. first of all, the cryptocurrency market sits at the market cap it does today. I think it's got exponential growth there as well. But there's a couple of, I think, you know, there's one or two individuals in the world that own real-world assets worth the equivalent of the entire cryptocurrency market. So if you think about just the private markets for, say, real estate and venture and private and venture and, and private equity, uh, it's, I don't know, 15, 20 trillion dollars. So uh, that's the actual addressable market today. Which okay. is meant to double the twenty-five, thirty trillion dollars in the future. So, um, yeah, the size of the, the the market is is enormous. It's already there. We're not trying to convince people that Bitcoin's better than the U.S. dollar. We're saying you already invest in these assets. Here's a better format to hold shares because you can do X, Y, Z, um, and, and it's better for both the issuers and the investors. So, yeah, size of the market's enormous. Yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about uh, the tokenization's impact on the society and on the environment. Like you know, so how can uh, how can asset tokenization be leveraged to drive positive uh, social and uh, environmental impact? Yeah, Julian, I would. Uh, uh, we're looking at a lot of exciting ESG-related investment thematics. So tokenizing carbon credits, tokenizing funds that are investing in the ESG thematics. I think that uh, you know, I th so from an investment perspective, I think it can drive more capital towards more goods. I think what, well, I don't want to confuse the audience, but I think the future of raising money for startups mm -hmm. is um, a combination of, of tr traditional um, formats, which is a venture capital, a series A, a series B, a series C, and then combined with what we learned in the ICO world, which was a private sale, a seed sale, you know, public sale, and then a launch of a token. So what I think is the future of startups is to build a stronger community, especially for Web3 startups, whether they're social or not. Um, you know, do you want a million dollars from one venture capital firm or do you want a million $1 investments from a million users of your platform? That's a bit of an extreme example. But so that's what I think you'll start to see startups, especially ESG thematic, social focused, sharing more of their cap table and their equity via security tokens with their actual user base and at least in Web3, a lot less of the fallacy that all the value sits in the token, which is, but then why is all the VC sitting on the cap table? So that's where, that's where I see it. Yeah, Peter, uh, in terms of uh, social impact and environmental benefit, what, what is your thought on this? Yeah, uh, since the tokenizing uh, assets is opening up uh, to the retail investors and to the investors worldwide, it will gain more exposure uh, to more people. And uh, they will have more, like, uh, more opportunities to invest in the projects that are concerning, uh, that are being concerned with ESG uh, or some ecological, um, you know, projects. So I think with more asset tokenization, uh, we can expect a rise in the green energy, as uh, a lot of investors would be supporting, uh, even with the fractional shares, for example, that is now not available. And uh, uh, in the tradition of finance, they will be supporting the 
green energy investing and uh, um, it can be more benefits, beneficial for the world overall. But we can also talk about the, we don't even like, need to talk about the assets that are in the tradition of finance right now, but we can also talk about tokenizing the data and how it can actually help uh, the society uh, socially. So even data can be tokenized and transferred on the blockchains that can help, for example, some health centers or hospitals, uh, you know, connecting the um, medical data from the medicines uh, from U.S. to India, for example, quickly, much efficiently, and uh, even like incorporated with the, uh, with the artificial intelligence, you know, so it can even help with the treatment in the hospitals as well. So brings just the benefits to the world. Yeah, rightly said, uh, green energy investment. Jenny, uh, your thought on this, you know? uh, For the environmental issue, like uh, just now, like other panelists has mentioned, the uh, carbon emission, uh, that is definitely a, uh, is something that uh, important that we are also keeping an eye on it, but we didn't see anything actually live, you know, mm. like uh, into reality yet. So I think uh, maybe still like the old saying, we are waiting for like more regulations coming out so people can make a move. And uh, we can see like uh, now uh, before, uh, like uh, in the last bull run, like everybody's only talking about uh, like uh, how much money you make. But now in this bull run, we see more people talking about environmental issue. That's why a part of the reason why Ethereum go to like a POS, yeah. which is uh, more like environmental friendly. And uh, we went to New York to, to go to this like uh, an NYC uh, New York, uh, NFT New York. And we see a lot of artists, they choose like uh, the blockchain that uh, don't, uh, the, their mechanism, their algorithm don't consume energy, like Tezos or like uh, those chains. So like uh, people are aware of this issue and uh, in blockchain, uh, since it's uh, growing re uh, pretty big and consume a lot of energy. So uh, I think it will be uh, like uh, in our mind more and more. Yeah. So as uh, Julian, as you mentioned, you know, so from 2018, what you have seen over the last couple of years. So a lot of people are still uh, not aware of the fundamental of asset tokenization. They're still thinking, what are the assets, what we can tokenize? Uh, should it be uh, traditional? Should it be financial? So, you know, what sort of initiatives we should take to educate people, to, inv uh, to educate investors about this uh, tokenization? Yeah, I think... Um so our platforms, you can log on to those platforms. We have the IXS Academy, which is a whole section about security tokens and how you do it and what's the point and what's the value. InvestorX uh, Knowledge Center has tons. If you're a venture capitalist, this is, the, this is the, the ideas. If you're real estate, here's the eight things that you should get into. So we also run a podcast. So you know, I think you need to find you know, platforms that you think are credible or have some kind of um, play in the space and you know, start to follow them. And you have to go on reg I say you have to, you don't have to do anything. You should. <laughs> you should register on a platform that you like. You should go through the KYC. You should set up a wallet. You should buy something. You will never learn properly unless you put something at risk and put your skin in the game. I remember buying my first Ethereum and sending it to myself years ago and you know, sweating if it was going to turn up. You know? It was probably right. like 100 yeah. bucks or something. I don't know what it was. But yeah, so you should, you should go and buy something and not just sit on the sidelines. This is 
technology marrying a new a marketplace. And if you look at the history of the public markets, every significant expansion of capital was when new technology married a marketplace, whether it was electronic trading, was the development of the first ETF structure. So now you have this $15, $20 trillion private markets. And you now have blockchain coming in yeah. to marry with those marketplaces. There's going to be an explosion of value. And it's, you, know, you don't want to bet against technology. So those that invest early to get themselves up to speed, to understand both the challenges and the opportunities, will be ahead of everybody else. Yeah. Jenny, uh, you are in the uh, media industry. Uh, you uh, you uh, let people know how to do it. So how, how we can educate more investors and people around about this uh, asset tokenization? Yeah, I think we definitely need someone like Julian to <laughs> educate the Web2 world, to bring the more like uh, traditional people into the Web3. Right. Because like uh, for, for our side, like uh, we are like in the Web3. So uh, like the, for the tokenization, all we can think about is to turn this digital stuff, like already digital stuff into NFT. Like that is what we do. And for Julian, uh, they can make this game so much bigger because they're bringing the like billions of people outside this world into this place. And they are using the language that they can understand. Yeah, so, like real estate, like, uh, like KYC, like those. Uh, like. So like for education part, I think we definitely need more uh, like tr uh, to educate the general public to need to get more traditional uh, and, uh, and like uh, traditional people get into Web3. Yeah, Peter, uh, your thought on this? How how do you think we should we can uh, educate more people and investors uh, for this new tokenization? Yeah, uh, as a crypto exchange, we understand how crucial it is uh, for our users to be educated before investing into something. That's why we also launched the BitMarkets Academy section, where uh, everybody can find uh, whatever they need in terms of uh, the cryptopedia, in terms of the uh, some trading tips or analyzers or trends. And I believe that through some online webinars or seminars or conferences like this, or the human touch that we at BitMarkets is strongly focusing on and uh, helping our clients to get onboarded easily and smoothly, uh, I believe that uh, with these type of features, we can easily um, educate as many people as possible effectively and uh, they can gain more confidence with us. Okay. All right. So I think we are running out of time. Uh, anyone, anyone for the question? I don't see any hands up. Thank you very much, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Thank you.